0: Welcome to episode two hundred and seventy three of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Alex Jones and Jack Harper. TK will be joining us just a little bit later, uh stuck in traffic, I believe, uh, is the excuse he's given me. Who knows where he is, but uh he will be joining us probably in about fifteen minutes ish. So we'll see where we're where we're at by then. Um news of the week, first of all, but let's up. How is everyone doing today? I'll take the time to ask this week. A bit more time on our hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. at a boring weekend, ready for the race week next week.
0: Better for you, Alex, because the uh, Spurs didn't play.
2: Exactly, exactly. It gave me plenty of time to plan my abuse that I'm showing at the TV later on this evening as well.
0: Wow. Doesn't look like Deli Alli is going to be starting, so uh, maybe a cameo off the bench if we're lucky. <laughs> um... News of the week: We do have a fair few headlines, so I will take you through it. One's just caught my eye again. Um, all right. Thai wife shoots husband's Johnson with fishing harpoon after he refused to cook her dinner. Jeez.
1: I mean, catch of the day. Nice, nice.
0: Got some girth on him for a fishing harpoon to be needed. Right, speechless. I was, um, was going
1: to there, tum- <laughs> there is a tumbleweed going
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we need TK. Should have delayed it. He'd have, uh, <laughs> he'd have had my corner there. Um, Teacher of the year winner is arrested after he's seen on camera hitting a student.
1: I've seen this, actually. And, uh, yeah, it's real bad.
0: What, I've, you've seen the footage?
1: I've seen the footage of it, yeah. Like smacked him around the head and they grabbed him in the corridor. I think he is so fine. I mean, you'd have thought as a teacher, you'd know where the CCTV is. You can pull something like that. Um, uh, ask, uh, how, do you know,
2: how, how do you know he's not uh, like maybe I thought I thought that might be why he got teacher of the year. Maybe he took like that whiplash approach.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to similarly ask the question. We're all thinking, did the kid look like a piece of work?
1: He was about four foot tall. Like he's, okay, not, okay. he's not like a high school student. He is he's a young lad.
0: Okay, all right, I'll like, take it back.
1: He was like half the size of this bloke. And you you just know for a fact as well that the next time they're both in class together and he reaches into his bag, you know what's coming out being in America and all.
0: Boy me. All right, with well, one of those pun- <laughs> so so you, you are <laughs> follow with that, but you you don't respond to uh, my earlier <laughs> comments.
1: <laughs>
0: um if, if you're going to that extent, either you snapped or you feel very comfortable and it's not the first time you've done it.
1: He, he was walking off smiling afterwards on the first Jesus.
0: Episode. How he the was... hell did he get teacher of the year? Like, how was he covering this up initially?
1: I mean, he was just beating the kids into submission, obviously.
0: Anyway. Um Batman showing in Texas is paused after a real bat breaks into the theatre.
2: <laughs> that is Brilliant. Someone Fantastic.
1: must have someone must have let that out let that in there on purpose.
0: You've not seen it yet, have you, Jack?
1: I haven't, no. It's a piece
0: Slacking. Of. It's not really a midweek film either when it's three hours long.
1: That's what I mean. I've been waiting for the weekend to go and see
0: it.
2: I don't, I don't know, know, it's that good. i debate going watching it again, and if I'm gonna watch it again, it's most likely gonna be midweek.
0: Me and uh me and AJ were in there last uh Friday. Good. Doesn't feel like a three hour film.
2: No, always a good sign of a film that when you you don't really clock out, you don't feel the length of it.
0: That's a little snippet for me to take there. Um, <laughs> a spoiler-free review, Jack. Um, my first thought when I left was that it reminded me. It felt a lot like Seven, the uh, you know Brad Pitt film.
1: Yeah, that's a brilliant.
0: So that was how I felt when I left. That was kind of how it reminded me. Uh, during As the film, so. so
1: basically, there's a massive twist at the end. And you've just ruined it for
0: me. That no, I'm sense. saying it is, it okay. focuses a lot more on the detective work, and you get the kind of mystery going along there. So it's a bit different to your usual Batman film.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: Uh, where are we? Uh, new study suggests people are more likely to remember a fact if their life is threatened while learning it. I wonder if the teacher of the year knew this. <laughs> <laughs> And this this was all a part of his plan
1: from rags to riches or riches to rags depending on the way you look at it
0: when you're doing that final cramming before the exams you've just got a shotgun in your face
2: have you got have you got have you got any either of you got any experiences that would back that claim
0: uh no I remember quite pointless information so and I've not needed my life on the line to uh, cause that.
1: I sailed through most of my exams without revising and then got to A-levels and then realised that I can't do that anymore. And
0: was move from school to save you the trouble.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they, they thought they took the kindness option and just put me out of my misery.
0: Uh, However, I
1: still took them and passed them all without going to okay, school. That's okay. my claim to fame. Uh,
0: Beef Bandit steals $15,000 worth of meat from Steakhouse after interviewing for a job. That's brilliant. Don't know how he snuck that out.
1: The thing is though, is all that meat would be worthless within days. It's such a pointless heist. Yeah, in
2: the freezer. The freezer.
1: Maybe maybe
2: he had a buyer lined up. Maybe.
1: He's, you start freezing meat and that's when all the taste goes by, right? Well,
0: it's not it's not his to worry about when he's selling it.
1: I'm just thinking about getting top dollar. I think I'm just saying that if I was going to plan a heist, meat, would be pretty far down the list. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if
2: you if it was a if it was ragu beef, then uh, your cat quids in there.
1: Thing is, as well, like you think if, if it's got if it is short dated, you think if he tries to offload, oh, do you want to buy fifty thousand pounds worth of beef off me? Like it's going to be pretty obvious where it came from within days. I guess. Think it through. Think it through. It's Um, my my advice to this guy.
0: A world champion cyclist says racing has gotten so tough that riders have taken to peeing on each other during races. Say that again. A world champion cyclist says racing has got so tough that riders have taken to peeing on each other during races.
1: To be fair, AJ's our uh, resident expert on this field. And
0: he has been in the winner's enclosure more recently
1: well
2: well, well the um, I, I know mark cavendish has had his uh, fair few experiences with having piss on him by the french fans throwing it at him um but as far as I'd be, that as far as i'm concerned there what they probably mean is when you're like maybe in a breakaway off the front or it's just the tail like you know the tail end of the race these guys are on the bikes for hours and they need to go for a piss. You just go, or you know, and you're going to spray. Every, you're going to spray everyone around you when you're doing that. So, it really is. It sounds like it's taking the piss, but it's uh, it's a bit of a necessity in uh, the world of endurance sport.
0: Um, maybe a follow up to our earlier headline: uh, teacher left classroom in stretcher after five-year-old student's attack.
2: <laughs> Should I warm my should i warn my uh, my missus that that's a possibility in a career
0: sometimes the grammar is a little off on these so i don't know if it was one 5 year old student or if the 5 year old students banded together to take out <laughs> this teacher so who knows
2: they just they they they, they realized the power is is in the masses and exactly. uh, and the teacher lost their nerve she gave them that she gave them that window of opportunity
0: uh, a follow-up headline uh, from a few weeks back uh, retired Florida cop who fatally shot popcorn throwing man in movie theater has been acquitted
2: I'm sorry I feel like I misheard that. Am I correct in <laughs> thinking, am I correct in thinking a guy was shot because he was throwing popcorn in the cinema
0: Yeah and the guy who shot him has since has since been acquitted.
2: How hard was he throwing this popcorn?
1: I think every week when you do this, I just feel glad that I'm not American. Yeah,
2: yeah. He wasn't
0: shot with popcorn, Alex. He was shot for throwing popcorn.
2: No, I know I know that. I'm saying, like, how hard was he throwing this popcorn to be deemed as lethal that he was a threat? He, he was a retired cop.
0: This that's just one of them where they just added to spruce up the headline. Like the if thing, he was a teacher, then it's a retired teacher.
1: The thing yeah. is, like there's been times where I've wanted to do exactly that. Yeah, when, yeah. when you've got an annoying bastard behind you or anywhere near you in the cinema, I just wish... I mean, he's living out all of our fantasies there a little bit. So I,
0: I've seen on here before. When I saw Paranormal Activity 3, I think it was at the cinema. Sorry if I've given you any PTSD there, Alex. Um, There was a kid, a couple of rows in front of us, who kept cocking his leg up and farting Uh, during the tense bits, like it wasn't funny the first time, but like the same joke wasn't funny the fourth time either.
1: I'm kind of on his side, so I'm kind of glad that he was acquitted now because I would love to do that to (laughs) that guy, for example.
0: Yeah,
2: you can name that lad who was farting in the cinema, Luke.
0: I know where you're going with this, and if you think Sean was going back for Paranormal Activity three, then I think you're very much mistaken. Uh, final headline of the week uh, Volunteers are wanted for Muff Festival
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh mate
0: Is that where TK is? <laughs> Maybe <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: So there we go There are. Please, there is your news of the week
1: Please tell me you read past that headline
0: No, no. I, I feel like you don't really need to read much more
1: I, mean, I, that could, one's quite yeah, I need details of so Muff Festival I need to know what's the, what the shows are I need the screening times
0: Well, I'm afraid you'll have to do that on your own time. Um, Anyway, if we kick things off, I think uh, over uh, January we did several topics on Newcastle, mainly quite negative in their direction. I think I was probably one of the most positive um, regarding their situation, and even then I I wasn't singing glowingly about them. They've since done a great job. Uh, They're now seven points clear of the drop zone, unbeaten in the league since the 19th of December, where they were beaten by Man City. I guess they've proved a lot of people wrong.
1: I mean, they haven't because everyone knew what was coming when they were taking. No,
0: out.
1: Jack. I, I, I prayed that they would go the other way, but they just seemed... let
0: No, let's not do this because when we were talking about the business they did on deadline day and I'm You may not have been on that podcast, but even still in the weeks before that, when they started doing their business, nobody was saying they would still be unbeaten a month later, two months Uh, later.
1: No, no one was saying that. No. But I did say that the game plan here, the buying Chris Wood from your biggest rivals um, for relegation and signing Kieran Trippier, although I know he's been injured. You spoke down on the Trippier signing. I did. I did not
0: you said, I said fair a play, de- good signing, I, but it's not going to be enough to keep them up.
1: I said, he may not be the guy that completely just holds them up. And you know what? I know you've not- been
0: critical because my brother's got your cards marked.
1: I've been critical of Newcastle for sure. I said, I hope they go down. But I said, I know which way this is going. When someone injet- injects that amount of money into a club, only one thing happens, really. Let's be honest. And no one was saying otherwise. We just They, hope- they were. I, w- I was praying for a Newcastle relegation. Because it'd just be hilarious to see that amount of money in the championship to see what would happen. But I mean, I still hope it goes that way. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not rooting for them here by any stretch.
0: Alex, let's let's have some honesty here. When we were t- looking on deadline day, and they'd brought in the likes of Dan Burn, Matt Target, etc. etc. Et they still had Joe Linson. Chris Wood was going to be their main striker. We were looking at the Weghorst signing, which we all got very excited about. We've got to give Newcastle some credit here for how they've turned things around.
2: For sure. Like, I don't... For all the chatter going into the window about potentially what they could do and what they ended up doing, it just seemed like, at best, at at, at best, a few smart signings that add a little bit of stability. And maybe that's all they needed to just get what they needed to out of the squad. I mean, there's teams around them that are being absolutely dreadful at the moment, which has helped them out. And I think their run of games has been quite nice. I'm Uh, trying to to think off the top of my head. uh, Burnley
0: Burnley started winning games around the same time. Norwich have picked up points since Brentford have picked up points since Everton and Leeds have done their best to drag themselves in. But, Come on, Newcastle have done significantly well. And even just the change in how comfortable they look. Yeah, they've drawn, consi-
2: considering they've lost Trippier quite quickly as well. Uh, they've conceded I don't...
0: less goals uh, than, I think, everyone other than Man City since the transfer window closed.
2: Really? God, that's a, that's a scary stat.
0: People, people were laughing at the Dan Byrne signing. Myself included was quite negative on that one. It was kind of a, all right, it might be better than what you've got, but I don't see that he's going to make a significant difference. Mm. And uh, I mean, since, since the transfer windows closed, they beat Everton three, one, that was a massive result. They then beat new, uh, they then beat Villa. Sorry, one nil. And you've seen what Villa have done to other teams since they then hold West Ham to a one all draw. And in reality, they should have got a win there. They then go away to Brentford, a big game for them. They win 2-0, and then they've just this weekend beaten Brighton. And you look at the struggles that Chelsea had at Brighton this season. You look at the struggles that Arsenal had earlier in the season when they played Brighton. Um, You look at the struggles that Spurs had and United were held um, for the best part of 70 minutes. A lot of these games, if you see West Ham on your team's calendar, if you see Villa, if you see Brighton, you're not expecting any an, an easy ride and, and we support top eight teams. These are a team that will look destined to go down, What odds on to go down.
1: I think, like, obviously, it's different ways of playing, though, isn't it? Because when those teams come to us, they'll set up in a much different way than... They'll see Newcastle as gettable points, so they'll go toe for toe with them. Whereas when they come to a, a bigger team, say, or a team in the top half of the table... They'll set up as a do not lose. If we get one point, it's a, it's a bonus thing. So there is that side of it. Um, but I will give Newcastle their due here. Like, they've been playing really well. I saw that stat that that was the first time they have gone 2-0 up in the first 10 minutes of the game for like six years um, against Brighton, which was great. But I think, like for example, if there was no cash injection, we'd be singing their praises right now. It's just we expected this. I think that's well, as much as I can say, really.
0: The the players they've signed though shouldn't have them. Even with the players they've signed, you still say Aston Villa have a better start starting eleven than them. You still say West Ham have a better start. Yeah, at 11.
1: yeah, I, I do. I mean, sorry, mate, you carry
0: on. I, I was going. I I've watched I've watched the majority of those games that I've, I've just reeled off. Some have been on TV and um I've been watching a lot of their three o'clock games mainly because I just talked to my brother while watching them and. It's like a different side. I think they were playing beneath their ability um, earlier in the season, um, which I think TK disputed, where I think he said, no, they're pretty much playing with some of the parts they have. Um, They're just far more in control. I think if you remember those games before Christmas, the Man City game aside, where they were blown off the park, if you remember the loss to Liverpool, they took the lead in that game, and it was like pinball for Eighty minutes of it, I believe Liverpool got a uh, a final goal to kind of see them off late in the game, but it was close. Um, the game against United was carnage for the most part. Um, I watched their game of Watford actually um, during the window, and I think this was maybe two weeks into January, and it it was just insanity. But their games recently, they they've maybe not dictated the games in terms of possession, but they've looked in control the whole time with Brighton at the weekend. They effectively just pressed them into submission in the first ten minutes, went two nil up, and then said, Right, we don't believe you're creative enough to get past us. Do what you gotta do. And I don't I think Brighton had then seventy percent of the ball in the second half. And they did nothing with it. They weren't able to get <clears> past them. And I think they deserve a lot of praise for the way that they have turned things around, more than just to say, Oh well, they had some money, so
1: I no, I I, I do agree with that. Because, like I said, if you take the money out of it and you take the takeover out of it, you look at it and you think they were rooted rock bottom of the table um, with like really low points total. And now they wrap up and away, haven't they? They just put a few runs together. It goes to show, <clears throat> I guess we take it for granted, like I said, when you support teams in the top half of the table, where if you put three, four wins together, you can get yourself out of trouble quite easily. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? When you when you put it in that fact, I look at the numbers and like the wins of the teams in the in the bottom three, and you think it must be so depressing <laughs> that being your weekend, just watching your team lose constantly.
3: TK, is, I believe um, you with us. Oh. Gents, hey. oh
1: hello.
2: One Alex, and just... um, I was I was about to say it's, I, I don't know whether it's a good sign as well that it's made like a, just a better system in play or, or not but their goals have pretty much come from quite a good spread I mean at most you've got uh like who has got a couple and Trippier you've got a couple there but the, the goals are coming from across the team and we all know that Jack likes likes the goals to be spread across the uh across the, your fullback yeah <laughs> yeah but it's um you know it's not as if they're relying on one player either they're all they're all you know delivering when they need to on that decisive on that decisive ball uh
0: tk jack's done a little oh. bit of rewriting history here um
3: <laughs> oh when i always enjoy when, that when the
0: transfer window closed we weren't singing the praises of Newcastle for the signings, were we? We certainly weren't expecting them to still be unbeaten um, since December the 19th. I I'd think a lot of them were being labelled as panic buys when you look at the, the likes of Dan Byrne. So to be where they are now, to reorder off the results they have now, is far more impressive than I think even they're getting credit for.
1: I'd like to just say there quickly that I didn't say either of those things. <laughs> Alex... <laughs>
0: Alex. Come on. You pretty much said it was expected. You said they've had money. This is what they should be doing, pretty much.
1: That's exactly what I said. Yeah, thank you. And I think that's still correct. I think this is the minimum that I'd expect a team. Just the lift that it gave them from the takeover and the prospect of them now playing for their place, whereas before they were just completely unmotivated, because what was the point?
2: I mean, Luke, he's a Chelsea fan, for Christ's sake. As far as rewriting history goes and forgetting the lines and stuff, I mean, what else were you expecting?
0: Well, TK, I mean, you were about as negative as anyone when it came to Newcastle. So to see what they've done <laughs> since deserves some yeah. props.
3: Yeah, in fairness, um, I think Jack's probably right in terms of if you spend £100 million, you probably do expect to be getting out of a relegation battle. But... I think the way they've done it, the amount of games they've uh, not lost in in this time, as you said, I think probably exceeds what even they would have expected. And mainly the, the, I don't think it's not like say like Bruno has come in and he's been unbelievable or anything. He's not played a lot of games. So it's been largely based on, I think the players they've currently got improving and with some smart additions. looks like Dan Burner settled in well in the middle of the defence, for example, yeah. target so he seems like he's done alright so they're probably because they were obviously getting linked with high profile players and then you end up with the likes of Dan Burton probably is always a bit of what's this but they're probably smart sort of practical sign that it looks like it's worked out
0: not to just completely go over what I'd said before you came in but I made the comparison with I guess the next best team would probably be uh, West Ham who they played a couple of weeks back but the game they played against you just before Christmas where they took the lead early and it was just carnage then for about 80 minutes where I think you saw them off late. yeah. But they were just making games. Well, they, they were probably more exciting than what we were giving Leeds credit for because they came up, they got the draw at United, they stuck it on City early and, and they stuck it on you early. Um And there was some yeah. controversy around your win from memory. There was a head injury or something like that. Yeah. Looking now, there's just so much control in their games it's, it's like watching a different team.
3: Yeah. I mean, Howe probably does deserve a lot of credit, doesn't he? Um, maybe he can, maybe he's going to rebuild the reputation he had because not much stock has fallen quite like his did. No. Uh, if he can coach this team the way he seems like he has already, if he can continue that, yeah, he's probably back in the big time.
0: Well, I think what's been really interesting with them is, and if you see any of their social media after games, they're almost treating it like every win still feels like a novelty for them, despite the fact that they clearly aren't with the run that they've been on. So it's almost like they're playing like they're in the relegation scrap when I think you, you it would still being, be
3: worth... They're still being portrayed like they are. Which, uh, it wouldn't be worth putting is, money
0: on them to stay up now, would it?
3: Oh, I think there's countless teams you'd think you'd worry for ahead of them at this stage.
0: Yeah, you'd, you'd, I w- I'd worry for Leeds more than Newcastle at this stage. I'd probably worry for Everton more than Newcastle. Yeah, I
3: was about to stage. say, I think, Ever- I think Everton do. Um, they fall into that.
0: With what you said about Howe's reputation, I think the thing that he was most renowned for at Bournemouth was kind of the togetherness that he had with his teams. His man management was something that he was certainly um, really praised for. And it was a question that if he stepped up to a bigger team, which I'm not saying Newcastle are that team, as to whether he could keep that up. Like No one thought that he could kind of manage in the same way if he took over at Arsenal, which was the job that I think he was linked with the most.
3: Hmm.
0: Um Bruno, as you said, still hasn't started a game. Um The competition has increased the levels of Joe Linton, Shelby and Willough. Joe Linton looks like, a 40, if you thought he was a 40 million pound midfielder now you'd probably be calling it a bargain with some of the performances he's put in compared to some of the other players in that price range they've still not managed to get Chris Wood firing yet and they're still rising up the table Trippier's been out since the Everton game they, they aren't a team that you want to go and play anymore
3: yeah it's not um, yeah they're, they're alright aren't they, they're not bad
0: Ryan Fraser. So it looks improved.
3: Yeah, and... Ryan Fraser's one I didn't think uh I didn't think it would work, I'll be honest. So he's picked up.
0: He stuck with him as well because it, it was rough early on. Um hmm. as I said, watching them at the Emirates, they're probably the worst team I've seen there this season. Um
3: Yeah, I thought he'd mailed it in. I thought he was done. I thought he's just gonna see a couple of paydays out and fuck off.
0: Matt Target, I mean he's probably looking better than who has been looking at a uh, Villa, it just looks like after a mental window in which we all, including Newcastle fans, I think had question marks Bruno was the only one getting real uh, universal praise That it looks like maybe these buyers were a bit more considered than we gave them credit for
3: We'll see on that um, uh, I think they'll do the job to keep them up, so that's all they're brought in for, but uh, I think within 12 months some of these will probably be forgotten about and I know that sounds harsh, but I just think that's the way it is, I think.
0: Biggest move seems to have been recognising that Shah is better than LaSalle's, which is, has been huge.
3: Yeah, a growing consciousness that LaSalle's is shy has been useful for them.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was strange and I thought it said a lot. When you look at, um, and this doesn't mean much to anyone else, but the transactions in our draft league and from probably the middle of January, the increase of Newcastle players being picked up each week is gradually just more and more as people <laughs> these players can get me points and the double game weeks help. But like I picked up Fabian Shah this weekend and I was pretty confident that I'd got a good deal there and to get me 10 points in the end. So uh, yeah, I just thought we did a couple of segments on them and kind of were railroading them throughout January. So made sense to loop back around now that they're firing. Um, Hopefully they can take some points off Spurs and maybe United again later in the season and they can be safe enough to bend over for us. That would be uh, the dream, really.
3: You're back against United in a minute. Christ (laughs) alive!
0: If we move on to the other end of the table then, so Liverpool's exciting 1-0 win over West Ham, Um, more end-to-end than you would usually see for a Liverpool game. Um, But But, kept them...
3: I'm not
0: sure how many games of ours you've been watching then. Well, more than uh, the usual, I would say. West Ham actually created the most big chances statistically of any team at Anfield across the whole season. Um, keeps you on the tail of Man City, and it also saw Virgil van Dijk break a Premier League record that has stood since the 1990s. Um, he's now won 52 games and drawn eight at Anfield since completing a 75 million transfer from Southampton. The record is the most games without defeat since your home debut, because I sent these topics to Jack earlier and very quickly did come back and say, hang on a minute. John Terry was undefeated at Samford Bridge for eight years, <laughs> but different, uh, different stat out of interest. It's- do you know who the previous record holder was? 1990s, played for Man United. Oh,
3: that's a good question. Yep, Stones.
0: Oh, uh, his is a bit more of a cheat actually, because he makes his debut two years before he becomes a regular. Um, so he, he does get it started early. But Lee Sharp actually played. I 50... didn't see
3: that actually. No, I did yeah, see that.
0: He played 59 games at Old Trafford before suffering a defeat. To Sheffield Wednesday, I believe it was
3: nice. Um, that's very nice,
0: yeah. Nine goals over the course of those appearances for Van Dyke. And I think, well, I mean, we've done similar things uh previously, but it's always good to look back around. Have we seen a player this dominant previously?
2: I if think I've I ro- oh, gone
0: if I tell you that the top four players in 4 Premier League 100 that they did, I believe, a year and a half ago. Thierry Henry, Cristiano Ronaldo, Alan Shearer and Wayne Rooney. John Terry um, in 12th, I think, was the highest-rated defender. I don't think any of those were truly as dominant for their teams in which you'd call the drop-off as significant as it is with Virgil van Dijk. I don't think we ever saw people well, I guess the Van Dijk one, there was the example in the Inter game, wasn't there, where a player looks up and sees it's him and it's like, well, I'm running the other way now because it's <laughs> just not worth it.
2: I think um, it's, it's probably easier to to go for a list that of the players that were signed that were meant to have that effect. <laughs> Ironically, um, I could think of a few this season, but I, just to check, we are it is players across the like in every position. We're not just isolating this to yeah. To, well, that, that to, to I guess that's aspect. part. Of, I guess that's part of the point. I, would Would you say? Um, I know. I know they didn't win the Premier League with him, and I know. I want to say Luis Suarez at Liverpool. Just when you sort of compare. Like sort of the level of like he was probably the most missed player, one of the most missed players in that t- in the league when he wasn't playing for the squad that he was in, like in at the time. And I still you don't think, think that he's he, dominant he, as Van Dijk? I feel Van like Dijk he dragged that, levels. He, he dragged that Liverpool side to contention. I feel like he did.
0: But if you took him out the team, then at the time you still had Sturridge, Sterling. Whoever else you had in that team, I don't think the loss would be felt as much as if you took Van Dyke out of this Liverpool side. <laughs>
2: I, feel, I feel like saying that you still had Sturridge.
3: <laughs> well, Sturridge at the time. You have some damn respect.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I actually think it's
0: more impressive with Van Dyke that you take him out of the team. You've still got Trent at right back. You've still got Allison in goal. You've still got Robertson at left back, and you've still got Fabinho in front of him. And yet you still feel the guy's absence.
1: I think like it's pretty stark wasn't it when they took him out when he got injured last season and then the run Liverpool then went on afterwards I think that said it a lot really for your argument I mean he is brilliant he is absolutely dominant there's just no getting away from it as much as I've in my head I've got it spinning around in my head saying poke holes in this poke holes in this Um, but I can't he is just yeah. unbelievable.
0: Even if you think John Terry is a better centre back, I still don't think. <laughs> I
1: have been holding my tongue on that one. <laughs> but...
0: I, I mean, I, I, I would disagree if, if we were going to do that in the future. But yeah. I still don't think John Terry had that. Like, I still, I don't think John Terry was as dominant as Van Dyke was. I think it's as simple as that. I can't word it any differently.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean by dominant as well. Like, he never looks unfazed, Van Dyke ever um, he hasn't been as good as pre his injury I think he's been great this I think
0: season. this season he's been back
1: I don't think he's been back to the extent that we saw him before personally I think I think in this run he probably has been I think maybe
3: at the start there was more of an argument I think in this run we're on I think it's looked a bit more vintage Van Dyke.
0: yeah I mean game. he got caught out in the one game didn't he where there was the crossover where it was like him and Matip didn't charge anyone down in particular
3: I, I do always, whenever those things get highlighted, though, I do kind of think that's a sign of where he's at, is like literally any mistake is getting brought up. I mean, if driven past here. him, which we shouldn't yes. forget. Exactly. We, we were tracking who was going to be the first to go past him. So that is a certain level, isn't it? Well,
0: I, I don't know if you agree with this. With, with Van Dijk, it, 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 the scary thing is, it's not even like he's dominant just in the box. Like, he almost conquers the entire left side of your half Mm, yeah. Like his aura alone, and I say aura, and I don't know I don't know if that takes away from as if like his ability isn't matching that, like there's just something around him. But you're switching the play to not go down his side of the pitch.
3: Yeah, it's exactly that. You can see teams actively looking to do it and almost not bothering going near him. Uh part of your original question was like the impact he had, wasn't it? Have you seen someone who's had more of an impact yeah. than him? I think Jack's right to highlight that we've got basically a season of evidence of what it's like with him, uh, without him, sorry. And we've got seasons either side of that when we've had him. And it, and it's night and day. I know within that season last year, we had a lot of other injuries as well. So it's not just him. But he was the most consistently absent one. And you could see it straight away. It's kind of scary how a team can be so good with this one player and without him. And that's probably where your thing with... The Terry comparison is fair and I think that Chelsea team was an all-time great team and an all-time great defensive team he's obviously a part of that but I think it was kind of built towards that system I think Jose was in his pomp as well and so you're never going to know it wasn't like Terry was brought into this team and you see it before and after Liverpool go from being a team battling for fourth at that point to yeah. Champions League final in the same year Champions League final the following year then Premier League champions is pretty clear before and after in a way that a lot of the other player, great players we're gonna talk about, you don't really see that impact so straight away.
1: Yeah. No,
2: agreed. do um do are we are we uh counting are we counting um let's say players that were signed but didn't have an immediate impact but then eventually did this, in a huge way. Yeah, this I, was part of my
3: thinking, I think it was kind of the with the did structure the original thing of the impact you've had as well. Yeah, for example, you couldn't argue against the impact someone like Henri had, but I it still... did take a while to get going as well, didn't it? As well, Either yeah. No,
2: it, it, if you if you go down that
3: avenue, same with Drogba, same with some of the other. Lads. It takes some tools. I or don't three even think to get that going. avenue changes it because I,
0: I think, and I defend Henri till I'm blue in the face, but Henri Arsenal was still an attacking force without Henri yeah. in the side. Yeah, and that's, I think, that's it. I think there's a difference when you're when you single out attackers and and defenders because with attackers. Um, it, it really is as simple sometimes with strikers as putting it on the piece of the paper. Like, Henri, no matter how well you can say he's playing, if he's not scored in 10 games, it's hard to say that he's been dominant in that time frame. Yeah. With Van yeah. Dyke and defenders in that basis, you're almost judging them on what they don't do. It's like, don't make a mistake in this time, and if Van Dyke still holds his form, he's been more dominant in that time frame. It's about doing the basics there. And that's why, because the, I looked at one-man teams and that's where someone like uh, and as much as he wasn't but Suarez at Liverpool as an example um, the one that would probably be the closest um, in what comes to my head first is uh, Robin Van Persie in that season at Arsenal the year before he joined United hmm. where that was probably an equivalent of that if you took him out of our team we weren't scoring Was it was going <laughs> to yeah. be as simple yeah. as that and if you take Van Dijk out of the Liverpool team, there's a chance you might not have the clean sheet, but yeah, I just don't think when you look at the name, the likes of Omri, Ronaldo, Shearer, Rooney, I just still think Van Dijk is being more dominant.
3: Yeah, because well, it, it if, um, I think he's more he's more pivotal, isn't he? As you yeah. said, you can take those players out of those teams and you think they could get by. We've kind of demonstrated we can't really. Yeah, and I don't even. If
0: that's why I, I don't even think. Sorry, I don't even think it's even the sum of the parts, because it's just the fact you can't replace Van Dijk because Massup yeah. and Kanate is,
3: is yeah. a better centre-back partnership than, what, about 15 teams in the league? I was about to say, if you would you you know if you put those on paper next to each other, you'd say it's better than most. And yet, if I said to you, do you think you can win the league with that partnership? I'm, I'm sure all of you would go, no, you're not going to win the league. So it's, that's crazy. And let's face it, we also do that thing, don't we, where... We sometimes he's so good that if someone is next to him, we sort of question, well, how good is the other one because he's playing next to Van Dyke. It's kind of like we should do an experiment, see how bad a centre half you get next to him.
0: Well, Matt still I suffers s- with that.
3: Yeah, and he, he's a, he's a good player, and he gets the kind of when well, he's next to Van Dyke, we don't really know, which is probably brutal in issues.
0: Jack, Jack might be able to tell us. Um, do you think the Chelsea defenders suffer with that Like Do you do you think? People don't perhaps appreciate how good Carvalho was because he's next to John Terry, and you can probably go down a longer list. A longer list of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, anyone you put next to JT just looked assured. I mean, Alex was brilliant. After <laughs> left, just for those free kicks alone—that's what he's remembered for. But
0: that's literally all I remember him for. Yeah.
1: <laughs> JT, I'm sure, kind of TK as well. Anchored down don't. that centre back partnership, took Gary Cahill under his wing when he came, and like, it just made everyone look so assured. But, the thing is with JT, he didn't have pace, where Van Dyke does. So, that's why he looks more dominant, because Van Dyke can be completely out of position. Not often, I should say, but he can be completely out of position. He's always got that option, and, doesn't need to get by. And then puts the afterburners on and just gets back and then just makes the attacker look an absolute mug. It's know. just, that's what it is, like, He's got strength, he's got pace, he's brilliant in the air, he's amazing with his feet, his timing is impeccable, and his high line play is awesome. It's just, his
3: quality on the ball, he can ping a pass at yeah. the like midfielder.
1: He is genuinely like, good. You, know, you know, yeah, you know when you go on used to go on FIFA when you used to get bored, like some holidays or something, <laughs> and you just make a your own player and then put ninety nine everything. It's almost like that. And I I really hate praising other players, especially Liverpool players, but he's <laughs> Just, I, I don't think you should praise him, to be he, just has, he has, like, an inevitability about him where you just... I look up and when we play them, for example, and I see, like, a Werner or someone on the ball running <laughs> it, I'm just like... That's never good. I was just like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> <What's> the <laughs> point? But what I mean by his just strength, mm. it's not strength is, like, it just push, pushes people about, like, Rüdiger, It's just nuts. <laughs> He's just so calm and he dares attackers to run at him. So I've seen loads of one-on-ones where he'll just jog alongside the attackers staring him in the eyes because he does that thing where he he reads where they're going to move and that's why he wins a lot of one-on-ones.
0: I saw a genuine debate on Saturday during the West Ham game as to whether it was the first time Van Dijk had sprinted this season. (laughs) I think they said it on commentary. I think Carragher made a joke. And it turned to Twitter with people genuinely trying to find an example of him sprinting this season.
1: <laughs> I think he is up there as one of the best defenders. I mean, my loyalties to JT and my little looks over my shoulder to Vidic will probably. I mean, I don't I, I put I Vidic in that
0: conversation.
1: I wouldn't be able to choose between all of those. I mean, I think it, that's when it comes down to where your allegiances lie, but he's definitely up there and i wouldn't want to place anyone above anyone in that situation because he's i mean if you even if you look back to like, sol campbell and tony adams and that era of just amazing i'm not, I'm not sure is
0: top
3: five
0: <laughs> i think he was voted
1: the Prem's
3: best wasn't he it's,
1: it's the the thing
0: probably. around him is look i'm sure if van dyke shaved his head he'd probably go higher up in the list as well add yeah. a bit more to that aura
3: the thing, the thing with it is, with him, is that's kind of touched on it. I think people's feelings towards Liverpool will probably uh, mar it quite a bit. I, I I know how it sounds coming from me, but I do think if people were honest, he would, he's a pretty hard case to argue with. I think, I guess, when you break it down, if you were designing a centre half by attributes, you would probably end up with something that looks very closely like Van Dijk. I
0: think I said something about Gabriel.
3: <laughs> I like Gabriel, I'm fan. And that, and that, but the thing is that these sort of things we're saying about him are probably going to be kind of his legacy in the things that are going to go in favour of those other names mentioned and others in Europe as well. Okay. He's, it's unlikely he's going to have the accomplishments and achievements that they've got. He's probably not going to have the trophy cabinets they've got when all said and done, bearing money what, 30 now. Yeah, It's unlikely he's going to catch them in that respect. So that'll probably be always the uh, stick that's used to beat him with. But I think at the peak of... Uh, the peak of his powers. I think he's as good
0: as anyone. Uh, well, the way the games go in, if um, and we're, if he's there past Klopp, and he gets put in the back five with the back five tax, he, he's going to be even more of a monster. Christ! Look at what he does to Rudiger. It's made people convinced that he's a world class defender. <laughs> the question I have: I do love massive. with the.
3: You know the uh, the thing with. It was doing the rounds again because of obviously Maguire had a weekend to forget oh. again. Um, the Merson thing of why well, if you play a back three it's because your defenders can't defend. I do love everyone nods in agreement with that, and yet totally ignores the fact that Chelsea do it and are one of the best defensive teams and have some of the some good defenders in Thiago Silva and Rudiger etc. But we're happy to ignore that as long as it suits our argument the rest of the time.
0: Well, I think there is there is obviously something to it, and as I've said, it made Mustafi look like a competent defender, and I've not oh, been to
3: look the same since. But I think that probably nine times out of ten coaches do it for the reason Paul Merson says that basically I don't trust my defenders. But the other one time out of ten is because it suits them and what they've got. And that's exactly what they found with Tuchel and Chelsea. That's probably the only other thing I'll say with the Van Dyke is that we play in a way that is probably as unfriendly on the centre-back as you can get with the high line. We're being exposed quite a lot. And we do it because obviously we've got Van Dijk and can take advantage of that. And we've got other pacey players but that's not anything for him. Make no mistake about it. If he was having his choice, a centre-half will want, right, we'll stay nice and compact and you sit in front of me and I'll have a nice, easy nice work. So kind of he's going against what he would probably want because he can get away with it. Can, can you see,
0: is there anyone in the game now, and if we limit it to Premier League, that you can see having a similar impact in the future?
1: It's one it's of those, yeah, it's one of those where you don't know it's happening till it's happened kind of thing. Where you, we you all have guys
0: our own team, don't we, and Jack, um, I mean, you've done it with Ben Chillwell. I think, which maybe wasn't the direction I was going, but you can look at someone <laughs> in your own team and say, if that guy isn't in the team, we aren't the same team. In, that is genuinely what's like, happened
1: with us this season, though.
0: You are right. I Erdogan's mean, <laughs> that guy for us, but to even mention those Van Dyke those van levels. It's just scary. I don't think an attacking player can do it, to be honest.
3: It's probably the other thing that leads into your questions, isn't it, is that when a, when a defender gets to this level, it's kind of a different thing to an attacker where you can kind of get away with things and get by and figure out a way. If you can't defend, you're, you're ultimately fucked. So van I Dijk, don't you
0: know. Van Dyke hasn't necessarily had a good game for all 60 of those. Oh, and, I'm sure. I'm sure. And so an attacker on some of those occasions
2: has bailed him out. Um, I the the only player in an offensive position God. that I can ever like that I've ever felt in um, in like recent times at Spurs where if they weren't I mean in some. The, no 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 if he, if, Spurs. He, if he if he yeah if he wasn't in the squad then. There was no hope in this particular season, and the 12-13 season was Gareth Bale, when um, we had Bia's Boas. Mm. That that his best season. Like he, he, if he wasn't in the squad for us that year, if he wasn't in the starting eleven for us that that year, it. I I just like I, I went into the games with no confidence whatsoever. Like he was your man. Who so you're being a bit disrespectful to those other Spurs boys? There.
3: I
0: think he's being disrespectful to Van Dyke to mention him well, no... with these Spurs players. <laughs> this is that's, unbelievable. That's...
2: Well, no, not hold on, hold on a second, hold on. I'm not. I'm not saying Spurs players. I'm saying Gareth Bale, who's won more than Virgil Van Dyke. So. Wish. Oh, well,
0: well, well, this is like United. This is like United fans claiming those Real Madrid trophies with Ronaldo. Let's, <laughs> let's not be doing
2: that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, in, all, saying, in, all, in all honesty though, like, can I'm you so Champions
0: say, League I'm, in that case?
2: I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to say, like, as a player, like, he didn't have the luxury of, you know, he didn't have great that like great quality around him, like you'd say, along with like Salah at the moment, with the players that Liverpool have got around him in his place when he's not there, or like City with Aguero or De Bruyne and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it it, it was literally on his shoulders for that Spurs squad. And I don't think that we would have been halfway at the table without him in the squad that season. I've just sort of like, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like he is like had as big an impact as Virgil van Dijk because, you know, at the end of the day, Virgil van Dijk, I'm not saying that he won Liverpool the title, but he was that. I think what we're trying to say here it is, is a, difference a difference maker, isn't it? It is, yeah, it's a difference maker. With Gareth Bell. in the end, it, he didn't make like it didn't. Well, it didn't work out for us. But I've just tried to sort of draw a comparison in terms of an offensive player that can have a level of impact that is close to what Virgil van Dijk is having in terms of getting your team further up the table. Well, further on than when like any other player has done in other squads. If that makes sense.
0: All right, let's move on. Um anyone that was previewing the Manchester Derby uh midweek would have assumed that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to be starting, but as it happened, he wasn't even in the country by the time of kickoff at the Etihad. Um Gary Neville said pre-game that United were better off without him. Because Bullshit. when you play a team like this, you're better to have Marcus Rashford up top for the threat that he offers in behind. Um Ronaldo we believe, without seeking permission from the club, left the country. Uh, He was asked if he could offer his presence in the stadium. Given his aura and contributions, uh, this campaign behind the scenes with the squad, he decided that the warm weather in Portugal would be more beneficial. Um, Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Uh, United have now played seven games without Ronaldo since he signed back for the club. They haven't won any one of them. He played 90 minutes out last time in the draw with Watford which if you've seen the highlights of that they could have had about 6 but he continued a uh, poor run of form that CDM scored just once in 10 matches of 2022. 15 goals in 30 appearances in all competitions so far this season 6 more than the next best in Bruno Fernandes. Are United Better off without Cristiano Ronaldo.
3: I mean, sorry, I was muted.
1: Yeah, I guess it's one of those that the silence speaks volumes, where no one wants to say it, but everyone kind of knows the answer, I suppose. Where?
2: Go on. What's the answer? Well, I'd probably say not, based on the stat that you gave in terms yeah, of yeah, I mean,
1: is, him.
0: I think Jack was going the opposite way.
1: Yeah, I was, and the eye test proves see? or the, the eye test looks where if you look, if you what if there's a a chance you want to f- him, if there's, if you get a chance, of falls to you want him being on the end of it more often than not. But getting those chances do you see few and far between. They seem to be playing better and they seem to have a bit more get up and go about them when they had Cavani, but I know he's injured at the moment. But His mentality, I know that he was one of the best players in the world and probably is still up there. Um, But the running off after games finish, um, not clapping the fans, constantly acting pissed off, all these rumours coming out of them not being impressed with training. I know where that's coming from. You just know, it just seems like a big sulk this season. He seems to be dragging that dressing room down with him. I just don't. I feel like they'd be better off trying to build something new with younger players that care more. Whereas he's already got his eyes on the exit door because I feel that he's coming towards the end of his career. He wants to win something big before that career ends, um, and he knows he's not going to win anything at United, so he's looking at that exit door already. I just, I think what you, I think there's said... no one's doubting his like actual ability, but what he's bringing to that team at, at the, the moment.
0: Minute. Well, there is that. Can we split it? Because you've, you've made a good point there, Jack. If we can split it, and if we do first on the pitch and we'll do the off the pitch after, because I do think they, they add up in different ways. Um, TK, Pep Guardiola said before the game that Rangnick's selection without Ronaldo in there meant that United could play more aggressively and more in line with the Germans' ideals. Um, on the pitch... Are you in the camp that you think they're better off without him?
3: I'm in the camp that they're screwed either way. Um, they, I think overall, there's more of an idea of what they're doing without him. They can create more chances. They, you're right that look, obviously he's gonna he's the best finisher, but just by nature of him playing. You create less chances. I I said when the signing was made that I felt worst case scenario on this was it ends up like uh, the Zlatan deal where on paper you say, Well, look, he's hit the goals, he's done well. And you yeah, but when you watched him, how much was being stifled just by his sheer presence of being there? Things were breaking down, he can't, just by sheer age, isn't gonna make the runs that they, they're gonna want, particularly with this Rangnick style we supposedly told they he wants to play. So in that respect, playing anyone who's younger, more mobile, the likes of Alanga, Sancho, Rashford, who still doesn't start him, by the way, the I can see the argument for, for those things. And I think ultimately, Jack's just touched on that. For the future, going forward, it, Ronaldo's looking for sort of one last big swing, one last big prize. It doesn't look like that's going to happen with United. So it would probably suit all parties if he moved and they could get someone else.
0: Their striking options before he came, Mason Greenwood, who we can put out of the picture, um, Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, and Edison Cavani. Um, Cavani can't keep himself fit for more than seemingly two games at a time. Rashford seems almost disillusioned with United at the moment, and Anthony Martial's gone out on loan. Because, do you think...
3: Rashford we, can't get his head around why he's not playing. So, yeah, I can't figure out either, mate. It's just, maybe just play well, semi-well.
0: I'm yeah, I saw Arsenal just a little hunch. today saying, you know, would you take him at Arsenal? I said, no, I think we'd be all right, cheers. Um, like money think-
3: coming off in the Carabao finals. I would probably recommend not playing shite. That'd probably <laughs> be a decent uh, idea.
0: Do you think if um, Rangnick had the power that Arteta does at Arsenal and he could have bombed Ronaldo out in January... Do you think you would have?
3: Can you bomb Ronaldo in January.
0: <laughs> Do you think you're better I, off without him?
3: I think this current Man United set might be better off without him. But having said I that, disagree. They've got enough bad characters. That I think it really doesn't matter. I think it, it doesn't matter if you play him or don't play. Him. Like you said, that the run they were on. Uh, where they, you said where they didn't play the games they haven't played them in there's still, there's been games where they've created a load of chances and they can't score them there's been games where they don't create a lot and so there's never just like one diagnosis you can offer on this Man United team
0: Alex, if you were picking a United team tomorrow would Ronaldo be up front?
2: He would be, uh, just on the basis of getting rid of him is not an option you've made the decision to bring him into the squad this year. I think you've got to try and commit to making it work with him. Um, And I think having a Ronaldo that you're not fully committed on, a Ronaldo of where you're letting him get miserable, letting him get stroppy... Is going to have a really, really negative effect on the rest of the squad. You want him happy. You want him given, being given all the chances possible. You want him firing, firing. You want to work to his strengths. Just because I don't, I I think you're starting to see all the rumours that are coming out, and you're starting to see the negative.
0: After, don't get into that yet. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah, I just, I think he is, he is an absolutely phenomenal player. You got, I think you got. we're not. You we haven't seen enough from any of the other players in the United squad, bar maybe Bruno, Bruno Fernandez, um, to a certain extent prior to this season. Um, he was a disgrace. Uh, okay. Yeah, he. If you going into this season, he was the only one where you'd think I can build something around him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if if you were if you were looking at it now and you're looking at the rest of the squad, you're not looking at any of those players and going. Hmm, I'm gonna start to build something around them rather than we're bringing in one of the world's greatest players. Let's get let us let, let, get this going. And I think Ronaldo is a big game player. I know he's had his blips where he's gone missing in those games, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he he did go missing in if he did play at the weekend. He did go missing against City after they go two goals down. But at the same on the other on flip side of that coin, he has definitely gotten in his locker. To pull out of the bag, and he, I has he ever, he has he ever had the chance to go like he's never had the chance to go up against a prime city. Yeah, this is that's the first time that they played each other this season, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not missing another. Pretty sure he played him in the Champions League with Ray Ray Allen. No, 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 no. I'm not talking. about I'm talking about United. Talking about Manchester Derby star. I'm not. United can those ones
3: according to
2: consequences. Did
3: he play in there? in the home leg
2: I can't I can't that, that, that's the first he time that they played actually. that's the first time that they played in the Premier, in played each other in the Premier League this season isn't it United versus no, second. City it can't be second. He,
0: it is it's, the second City beat them 2-0 at home and they, they just toyed, he, they toyed he, with he,
2: them he played he played in that game didn't he
0: I lost the question you are asking I'm trying to find it now
2: I, I, I think I think he did yeah, I, I know, think you he you just did. said you didn't think they'd even played each other no, I wasn't sure. What? I wasn't sure. I doubt. I was doubting myself. Did
3: he play? I feel like it would have been a headline if he didn't.
2: We seem to have yeah. heard about every other fucking
3: game he didn't play.
2: Yeah. Well, what apparently, I'm trying to apparently say. Apparently,
3: they need him to beat Watford.
2: But anyway, what I'm trying to say is a he's a player with a big ego, and you want players like that in a big in a big game that means something to try and you know. Give those United players around him that bit of confidence, and he is that sort of player that can get something from nothing. And in a game against City, you know, when it's going south, yes. he he can he can sometimes scrap and get you back in the game when you need to, and get that momentum. And the Ronaldo who's got who's got the fire going in the squad during the ninety minutes is a dangerous Ronaldo. I mean, we've watched him countless times um, before, and you can just that feeling of where he's just really up for it and he's just looks dangerous. I, I can't, I think it was an international game that we were watching. Um, actually, I think it was a Portugal game. Um, for some reason I was watching it with you, Luke. And I was just, we watched him in the first few minutes and we thought, yeah, he's up. He's up for this big time. He's just that kind of player. But going back onto my original point as an asset, you've invested in bringing him into the squad. I think any, he, as an entity in the team outside of the pitch and on the pitch, you've chosen to invest in him this season. And at any point, letting that slide is a mistake. I think, I think, I don't think disagree with TK in the respect of. I think the best thing for United now is to maybe build elsewhere, build, build a future without him in the picture, because he's not going to be that positive influence that you want him to be anymore by the looks of things, because you're right. He is looking for that final big win. Um, but that's not an option right now and i don't for one second think it was an option in january either it's ridiculous like is is you yeah, know yeah, yeah definitely not i think you know if if he is there next season i'll be very surprised um but you're right i think for the future for the future maybe united are better off cutting their losses this season and looking to try and build something without ronaldo in the picture but it's I think if you're still trying to grab something from this season, you know the Champions League, um, you you need him, you 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 play him, you've got to play him 100. percent He's a match winner, he's a he's a he's a cup winner, and to say that he can't help pull out of the bag for United is ridiculous. I mean, we've seen what he's done in uh, knockout competition football, you know. Either I, he's in his latter stage.
0: They'd be better off trying without Bruno, I think, because as much as Ronaldo's been at fault previously, um he's not been getting too much service because United don't create an awful lot. Um I think if you try taking Bruno out of that team, who's, we said for a while, eventually those goals and assists will dry up because it was just freakish, the numbers he was putting up. I mean... If you search his name online, you see terrorist following his name more than anything else. (laughs) Um, And that was just never that was never going to happen. If you can keep Pogba fit, and I'm not going to preface his name with the usual on his day, but I think you can build something behind him in which he can poke enough goals home. There was one Uh, of these. You know, uh,
2: you know, you know. know When I was saying, I can't think of a single player in that squad, by Bruno Fernandes, that. You build a team around the fact that I forgot Pugba existed says everything well, about how you can't Pugber. build
0: around him because he's going to be gone in a couple of months. Yeah,
2: exactly, <laughs> we- exactly. But anybody who still defends him, Jesus. With
0: um, Ronaldo, there was a, one of those debates. Is you're on like lad Bible or sport Bible? You know the one where they slide the glass up and down to like agree whatever. Yeah. And Mika Richards was saying in there that Ronaldo would start for Man City. I don't think so. Gary Neville strongly disagreed in in fairness and he said well if you look if you put Ronaldo in this City team the amount of chances they create you'd have about 30 goals this season. <sighs> it's hard to disagree that he would have more goals but I don't know City's movement, City's game is about how free-flowing and no one really has a position when it comes to the front of the pitch. I'm not sure Ronaldo can do that anymore and when Cavani is showing energy and kind of showing what they want Ronaldo to be, they're asking Ronaldo to try and be something he's not. And he can't do that. So I think there's as much blame on everyone else. But I think ultimately they probably are better with him just because of the lack of other options that they do have.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with the whole City perspective. And to, without a shadow of a doubt, if he was in the City squad, of course he's going to get more goals. He's gonna, he's, of course, he's, got, he's probably going to get quite a bit in the way of a lot more goals and chances but like it is it, definitely that the way that that city get the way that that city team wins football matches is not is not you know it's not cared for ronaldo i mean if anything he's he is going to be a real luxury player in that city squad um a luxury like player gonna, no matter who but, he's for 37 like, like con- contrast to that if you put like if if you put ronaldo in that city squad in the spurs game he offers you nothing and city are even worse off in that in games like that where they're just up against a team that are hitting them on the counter
0: one of the few good I, games he's had this season was against spurs by the way
2: <laughs> yeah yeah but still but still I, I i just don't it's kind of like saying well if you put if you take um, if you take Kane out of the Tottenham squad and put him in the City squad, he's going to get more goals. I think if you take any of the starting any of the the strikers in the Premier League from the top six and you put them in the City squad, they're going to get more goals. It's not it's not a it's not a it's not as a flattering statement as it as it may sound.
0: Let's let's look at the off the pitch stuff because we know that he's left the country rather than sit in the stands and cheer on his team yesterday. Which in contrast, if you look at the picture that Newcastle put out of the weekend and under different circumstances but Kieran Trippier while rehabilitating an injury has still been following the Newcastle team around he's been on the pitch and I think they uh called him essentially Newcastle's assistant manager to uh, Eddie Howe so he's got a new job for him there um TK moving forward you've got Rangnick who we believe is going to be upstairs next season now, clearly Ronaldo isn't his biggest fan, but in terms of the rebuild that they need, is it perhaps not good in the short term that, if nothing else, Ronaldo is going to highlight some of the other players' deficiencies and maybe that's not the worst thing?
3: Maybe. I mean, if he, you know... What do you mean? Is he going to call out names? That'd be well, good.
0: I, I think it's behind the scenes, we, we keep hearing the stuff some come fingers? out. And I mean, he had Luke Shaw skipping pudding, which I say myself with a hint of irony. But oh, look, really it's, it's all gone
3: downhill since they sat the pudding. So yeah. if you get the pudding back in,
0: but we we know um, before the news came out previously that he was calling out Greenwood and comparing them at their age and saying that uh, he wasn't putting
3: he, in. Little did he know those comparisons were spot on?
0: <laughs> he wasn't. He was pointing out that he wasn't putting in the uh, required work to uh, be improving at his age just little things like that that was one of the things that he was praised for coming in was the example that he could set in terms of how he treats his body and all of this I don't know because there's clearly an issue no one's happy beyond the scenes at United but I don't
3: know I, I, I think as well the, the thing with that is he's that thing of I'm going to show you how to be a winner and all that it's fine with you've got to have the right group who are going to buy into that it doesn't seem like United do and it does also have to be a bit of... He's acting like Ronaldo. You can't act like prime Ronaldo when you're not prime Ronaldo anymore. No. What they've got is essentially what Kobe at the end of the Lakers, where you have to keep playing him because he's Kobe. He's not very good, but you're still giving him the ball all the time. And so you've kind of got this... He's still got the ego of the best player in the league. And so nothing really adds up. So He's just got... The, the bigger issue for United is, you'd say bin him if you can get... You'd get a less talented player who's got a more, more to prove, more of an attitude that I need to go and improve. But they've got players with it all to prove and a terrible attitude, and a player who's been there and done it, and seems like his attitude isn't great either. So they've got the perfect sort of marriage of terrible qualities.
0: Players thought they could skip in and be Ronaldo. It's like me skipping pudding and it's wanting to step on the scales two minutes later. JB trying to shift the water weight before the party in Project X <laughs> doesn't work quite that quickly. I got something
3: lined up. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing, the, the whole thing of, by the way, the skipping pudding thing. Apart from the fact that if you weren't aware of that prior to Ronaldo walking in, there's some serious concerns. I don't know what the nutritionists or the coaches are talking to you about there, but it is very, also very Jake Humphrey high performance podcast here. Oh. What you've got to understand is these athletes they forgo sticky toffee pudding. Oh Jesus, they are sacrificing. everything a yeah, Rio tweet. I haven't even begun to imagine that.
0: Rio tweeted I, uh, like, if you lot think you've got an easy life, uh, us footballers are having to have uh, pasta on Christmas morning. And all the replies were like, yeah, I really feel bad for you here. Yeah, gutted for you. Uh, what a yeah, hard life you have to live. And
3: that, that's what's separating everyone else from them. Just that man- mentality, lads. And that's it. Nothing else. Just that. Just that mentality. Uh,
2: the, the, um, uh, the whole thing about skipping budding to me, in all honesty, is, is, fuck, is just bullshit. Is is absolute bullshit. AJ doesn't like, skip pudding. Like no, I, I bloody well don't. Like in all honesty, <laughs> that's guys, why in, in, you're in not right for Man United. In, we, in have,
3: all, in, we have been meaning it, to tell you, Alex. No, nah, in, in
2: all in all honesty, guys. Right, right. I know I'm coming from a different port. I know I'm coming from a different sport, and maybe my calorie output is going to be higher. But these 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 sports these these footballers these sport, they are elite sportsmen, and their job is maintaining their fitness to the highest standard. That is going to that is going to take a lot of of calorie burning realistically if they're looking after themselves properly a little bit of pudding here and there Put just in. to help boost, just it, it's gonna be, it it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be burned off straight away i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not completely versed in in what their day-to-day training regime is going to be like but I would hope I, don't think they are. Expect, I I would I would hope and expect that these players are training day in, day out with vast amounts of cardio, um, high, high, um, high impact, high um uh, a lot of like fart leg, a lot of that, getting that heart rate up and down. Things like that are just like where you're skipping pudding and not and just eating clean all the time. These elite athletes and stuff—that's that's 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 for the that's for the you know the sponsors. That's for the healthy living promotion yeah. and the advertising. It's a lot of bullshit. These elite athletes and stuff. Pretty much the amount of calories that you burn day to day, you can eat whatever the fuck you want. Like it, it's like yeah. So the, we didn't re- the, the, we didn't the bigger reason, issue is we, we, them, we,
3: them the, not being very yeah. good, rather than yeah,
2: we, we, I, 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 I thought, thought I mean, was if, it, it. if 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 anything, if anything, like <laughs> I I. I, I I personally have. I didn't expect days. us to
3: talk this much about puddles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like I, I it's so flip, flip, flipping it, flip, flipping it on its head. If you've got a guy who's come in, and you're get, and you're getting the, you know, players feeling anxious about what they're eating, um, in terms of you know being a little bit more stressed about their food choices because they think it's going to make that much bigger of a difference on their performance on the pitch from an energy levels perspective, you know, if that that can have more of a detrimental effect psychologically. I've gone through phases where I've been like trying to eat like what you know like Team Sky would advertise as getting you that extra percent in terms of just eating pure clean and avoiding put in or avoiding certain types of uh, avoiding certain types of food, and it 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 gives you it's so stressful it is so so stressful. If those players are in an environment where you've got one guy generating this you know philosophy of you can't enjoy a little bit of food here and there, I don't see how that's a positive effect on the changing room whatsoever.
0: Oh, I don't shame. Know. sure. <laughs> Jack's clearing out his fridge as we speak.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's Alex
0: had just read him though. the riot act. <laughs> yeah, that that was that that took a turn. Um <laughs> Although it's not going to start me having my pudding. I've
2: just, got, I've just got a thing about, like, bullshit, bullshit advertising. Oh, I've seen you um, tucking uh, away
0: popcorn at the cinema. Crikey me, you're yeah. not holding back.
2: It's just like, you know, when you've got, you know, like, Hussein Bolt famously saying, oh, I had chicken nuggets before the 100 metres final at Beijing, and you've got, like, Michael Phelps, like, going through 12,000 calories a day. Trust me, Michael Phelps is not getting 12,000 calories a day from rice and chicken, for Christ's sake. He's getting yeah. a yeah, of, okay. of, you know, it's, it's only so much you could do these these footballers you know particularly when you look at like the muscle mass of ronaldo at his age as well you know well like, that, that's also a different that's, topic that's a separate yeah, that's, that's that's that. thing altogether but right. these, these boys like you know they're not gone and a lot of those players they're needed to maintain a certain amount of mass to have the strength on the pitch that they need to and the power of, of uh, the power as well um so it's yeah, it's a whole other whole other topic that.
0: Well, there we go. We've just solved the, the root of all of Man United's problems. The canteen <laughs> staff.
3: No one's talking about the canteen <laughs> staff. Clear them out. Stop um, being pussies about pudding.
0: <laughs> before we do go on to the UFC, I just wondered if um, you have much to say about Erdegaard's performance yesterday, Alex. Uh,
2: I haven't seen it. I only saw I only saw uh, some clip wow. of the goals in the about, game.
0: We spoke about uh, Van Dyke's dominance earlier. Um, we talked <laughs> in similar levels.
2: Hey, hey, hey. These days, I i don't know whether to try or... Have, well, I don't know what is a jinx and what isn't, so I'm just going to not say anything. I That's could say, good. yeah, he's going to be the next Messi and to try and jinx it, but I'm not going to. So I'm just... I'm just. We'll see what happens, yeah.
0: Deal of the century. I, I saw it uh, called on Twitter this week.
2: I saw that. <laughs> I thought Ben White was dealing of the century. Um, he's
0: up there, but he cost a bit more. Um, I've seen Spurs fans <laughs> trying to compare Romero in his twelve oh. games, two clean sheets, to Ben White, which is baffling.
2: I think Spurs players, I think Spurs fans comparing uh, Tottenham players to anybody right now is uh, not what they want to be doing.
0: There we go. Uh, shall we move on to the UFC TK? Sound bid farewell to AJ and uh, Harpenden.
1: Harpenden, yes, dear yeah, boys. Adios. See yeah. All
0: right, TK, you're going to make sure you have your pudding later.
3: I'm really hungry now. <laughs> I've never said that. Want some custard or
0: something? <laughs> that took a, t- a turn. I wasn't expecting.
3: The, the, the much analysis of our uh what impact Ronaldo's having off the pitch is that he's bullying the United players and starting from pudding. That is the extent to which we got to the bottom of it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, but I lost it. about I can't, I can't believe what's, what's going on? Um, <laughs> but, there, but there we go.
3: So, so on the pitch, we established they're bad with or without him, and off the pitch, he's just a pudding tyrant. There's, <laughs> Don't say you don't get answers on this podcast.
0: <laughs> He's um, Joyce in that King Curtis clip, Luke shows. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a sticky note for Cristiano. <laughs> not listening to your rules. If it's we're sorry, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, UFC 272 ended, I think, and I would have to listen back because um, I did convince myself at one point I think I stopped short of calling the upset. I think I said there was more of a chance of it happening than perhaps credit was being given to.
3: Yeah, I think, I think that's probably how it, um, how it came across.
0: And yeah, I think it played out that way. The first round, probably as anticipated. Uh, I get... Oh, We don't need to go through the whole fight. Do you think Masvidal accepted it a bit more than you thought he would in a fight uh, with this much bad blood?
3: I thought he did a little bit. I I don't think you can say he went out swinging, can you? And I know there's a round where he does catch him. Uh, But even on that, you'd think if he desperately wanted to beat this guy as you would assume he does, he would have swung for the fences there, wouldn't he? And I know he's probably a bit tired by that. Yeah, the, the whole thing I thought was a little bit journeyman George who's lost before and accepted he'll lose again Is that seems harsh but
0: do you think much of it is the fact that and I don't think he was going balls to the wall but he certainly tried to take more chances in the second fight with Usman and mm-hmm. he got cleaned out do you mm-hmm. think there was a part of him that was more hesitant because of that because Colby to be honest presented a lot of chances particularly in the first two rounds i thought he was jumping in with his shots he was leaning in and yep. i mean he was leaning in head first in some of them where he was really reaching for them and a guy who's supposed to be a striker on the level of masvidal should have been able to time one of those i thought part of it was colby realized probably by the end of round two if he just kind of button bashed two shots out there Masvidal didn't want any part of it and he just backed straight up and then it was just alright, drop the level and then other than some side elbows when he was going for a takedown that was really outside of the one punch the only threat that he mustered
3: yeah, yeah, you're right There probably is something to the the Usman knockout has sort of just made him just even just a little bit more cautious because you're right he had openings that I think even you know the Masvidal that took on Nate Diaz. Yeah. He to go back even, you know, the one that took on Cerrone, whatever. I think when presented with openings like that, he just looks sharp and doesn't tend to let them up. And I've seen you saying that Colby was striking better on the whole. I know, obviously, that Mazadan ends up hurting him, so that's probably the most significant bit of striking in the fight. But everything else, I thought on the hands, Colby showed him up a little bit. I think someone who hits harder than Colby probably gets him out of there. There was that spell where we started unloading on him and it's probably I don't know about 15 seconds or so left in the round and up yeah. against the fence and I thought someone else would have cleaned him out
0: did the smirk didn't he which is usually a very telling sign mm.
3: yeah and he was eating some decent shots in there that I but felt... there was an
0: uppercut in the fourth that was a peach mm.
3: yeah yeah it's, it's probably a, a display once again that Colby's strike is better than people think but he doesn't punch that hard um, <laughs> and I look on a worrying sign for Mazda I think as well
0: well, I think as well, and it, it's mental that there are still people that think this. There's people that think um, because he lost to Usman, and the fact that he's pretty open with, look, if you're gonna fight me, I'm gonna get paid for it. I'm not fighting anyone in a corridor somewhere. And enough people have listened to him as well, Call him a bitch. That there are people that genuinely believe that this guy is a bitch. Like his chin.
3: Oh yeah, is he's a got a chin, isn't he? Yeah, yeah
0: the the replays of the shot that Masvidal catches him with, like, it's, it's, like a,
3: to, it? it's a slow motion dream hmm. and he bounces back up. That's it. It's <laughs> not even really that, that shaky, is it? He's, and he recovers quickly in terms of his legs are under him pretty quick. Yeah. So... And
0: that was my concern last week was, look, it, when you compare to previously in his career, because of the gas tank that he builds up, he's usually hesitant to take a fight without some rest and recovery after a fight, a good two, three months training yes. camp to get him in peak physical condition. This was a quick turnaround as far as he's concerned. And I worried there may have been some wear on his chin, but look, came out, took his licks, and I'm sure he's trained with that enough. And in this case, I do think when we're told by one of them how their sparring went feels like it's pretty accurate in this case. I don't know how much of the prelims you saw. Did you see when Chael said, and he does the dramatic, look, I'm going to break protocol here and tell you how this sparring really went.
3: No, I didn't didn't see that. So
0: he said that, and he claims that he was in the room for some of these sessions, and he said any time he ever saw them sparring, it was very one-sided, and if anything, Colby was probably going light.
3: Right,
0: he said, a lot of the training they were doing was wrestling, and he did the usual. He spun it back round, and he said, "But that was training. This is a fight. These things are a lot different. You go differently in training to so how you do in fighting." Mm. But I think their training was clearly far more beneficial for Masvidal than it was for Colby. Masvidal explained it as they linked up. And they just got on well because they had similar aspirations. Colby says they linked up and they kind of hit it off because Masvidal acknowledged that he needed some help with his wrestling and who better to learn from than a guy of similar size to him who's a great wrestler. Yeah, so.
3: but it's mutually beneficial, was not it? Because I'm sure Colby's striking benefited the same from with Masvidal.
0: Does Colby's striking not look so much better since he left American Top Team?
3: Yeah, but is there not just... a a degree to which we've seen this with countless fighters that just over time striking does it better as they go on anyway I mean Khabib's last fight his striking looked better than ever right
0: but this is the guy that went life and death with Damian Meyer
3: yeah 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 valid but it's again it's just time period isn't it and this served as a perfect illustration of you can how quickly you can improve striking over a number of years and wrestling is pretty much, unless you do have a wrestling background, you, you can't catch up. And there's no there's no getting away from it. And that disparity in there was just so like, startling on the eye.
0: That, well, Izzy's a freak, really, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because everyone thinks what happened to Masvidal is going to happen to him. And it doesn't. And that's why yeah, he you show how good he is a striker. No, no,
0: I'm, I'm not going to work on wrestling. I'm just going to work on the fact is, what I've got. Yeah. Um, uh, Colby said something in the press conference after, which um, I know you've written about previously. And he said that he couldn't believe that nobody else saw that Masvidal was simply lightning in a bottle. He said mm. this was a guy, and I think he said that really, he said if I was in his shoes, I'd have maximized on this far yep. better yep. than he Absolutely. did. And I truly believe he would have um, when you look at a guy really i don't know if I'm going to be disrespectful here colby is essentially put in the floyd mayweather look I'm not very entertaining on the eye for the for the for the most part but I'm going to keep you captivated by you wanting to see me lose is effectively it because colby's style yeah. as as much as you can appreciate it I think I appreciated it more on Saturday night because of who it was against. When it was against Robbie Lawler, and everyone loves Robbie Lawler, it was like, okay, you're not really threatening to get this guy out of here.
3: Yeah, that's it.
0: you landed more strikes than anybody ever in a five-round fight, but I could do without another four rounds of this. This time, I was captivated throughout for five rounds because there was the chance that this guy could be made to eat his words at the
3: end of this five-minute period each time. Kind of why Colby is going to need the right dance partner, isn't it? Because he isn't... We know how his wins look, and we know if you're going to beat him, it's probably going to have to be you're unbelievable like Usman, which most people aren't going to be, yeah. or you've got that one-hitter quitter in you, because outside of that, is just going to do this to everybody, you feel, and we know how it looks. The, the thing about... Yeah, You said, I've written about it before with Masvidal and been lightning in a bottle, but I, I do think they've reiterated, reiterated how badly managed it's been. I know I've banned this drum a lot, but for example, at one point, that running it back with Nate looked an inevitability, didn't it? Yeah. And now, how, how big is that? That's not really that big. I don't think anyone's got much interest in that. I'm sure they could sell it, but it's not the same as it would have been. You couldn't go against Nick Diaz, which was on the table at one point. They... Even the McGregor fight, which I've said is the biggest fight out there, now is two guys losing these talents two journeymen, in a
0: way. I actually think that might be bigger now.
3: I don't think it's bigger. I think it's still huge. I think it I, I I think think
0: could go the way that you described Calm Brook.
3: I yeah, think I see that a as a that.
0: closer fight now than, than I saw it a year ago.
3: There is a bit of that, but cast on my eyes back, it's hard to remember now. I think if you do it fresh off McGregor doing what he did to Cerrone. Yeah, fair. At that point, Masvidal's just dealt with Nate about a month or so earlier.
0: Masvidal's not once since 2019.
3: Yeah, and both both their stocks at that point are scary high. People are kind of leaving their senses at the door and just going. These two are just unbelievable and, and going all in. So I think at that point it was unbelievable business, and I can't believe he missed it. But at sure. the same time, there's still obviously big fights out there for him. But it is. Even the losses to Usman, I thought, took a bit of shine off this fight. I thought this fight should have been absolutely massive. And it was big. But I do think the fact that they both had losses to Usman on the record and we saw George get knocked out, I do think changed this.
0: There was a graphic on ESPN and it had the record of each of their last um, 10 fights, I think, or last 5 fights or whatever. And um, there was a little asterisk and it said, all losses to Kamaru Usman. <laughs> um, now, in the press conference, they asked Dana and they said, and they asked a similar to Masvidal actually. And they said, look, the champion is a wrestler. The second best guy in the division is a wrestler. (laughs) And then they also pointed out, you look at the other guys, Chimaev and Gilbert Burns, who are competing for the next two spots are wrestlers. They said to Dana is now not the time. 37 years old. Jorge Masvidal. You know what you've got, and whether you call it cherry picking or you just want to call it good matchmaking, if you're giving him this contract that you've just given him, and we're led to believe that he's what like the third highest paid in the UFC now, which I'm skeptical about. But if we go with that, is it not best for business for you if you just give him some matchups we want to see because we're not stupid? We don't need to see him against a wrestler in his next fight, we know how it ends.
3: Yeah, we, we don't need to see him against any of the guys you just named, do we? We don't need to see him against Burns or Chumayev or whatever. This just... We know how that goes. We know the score. And, and frankly... What, is he going to have another title run? I don't see that that's going to happen. So just have uh, fun he, fights. He said... They asked
0: him about it and he said, look, the dream is always there but I've got to win at least three more fights before I even get back to Colby.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's pretty realistic in that sense. And Fair enough. But yeah, there's only really just fun fights to have which... Yeah, I think for us is probably better. Yeah, I don't think any of us were, were pretty. Um, stepping in late notice of Usman was a cool move, right? And that was got us all yeah. hyped and got us excited. But outside of that, we weren't going right. This guy getting in with Usman, no, no. We, he need, said, we need to uh,
0: score. Um, what do you think of Colby? And he said, "I, I, I think he's a bitch, but uh, the bitch can wrestle." He was, <laughs> but he, he was pretty about his own performance, and he was saying. Look, I just think when I look back, um, there was a couple of transitions. If I could have stayed on my feet and then throw my hands more, and it was like, well, that's a pretty big thing to say if I could have I'm, just done that. I like, it. yeah. entire game plan. Um, I
3: did see a pretty tragic thing where he was like, well, I've just spent like my early years wrestling. I've spent the first 20 years of my life wrestling or whatever and gone to college. I thought that's a pretty sort of bleak sort of like yeah. If I could have just reversed the last 20 years of my life, I would sort of. But then I guess any time a UFC fighter loses to wrestling, you probably think, why didn't I just do wrestling? Yeah.
0: Um, if we do what's next for both guys. Now, Colby was getting some stick, and we've just kind of listed off um, what he needs in terms of matchmaking. I thought the Dustin call-out made perfect sense. Um, Dustin has been calling him out, saying it's on site, this and that. Colby, I mean, he's not an instant party in this. He's been stoking the fire. Connor's um, hmm. kid, I think, <laughs> That's what got me in the uh, post fight stuff. <laughs> he's also right. Dustin isn't that much smaller than him. Um, he just cuts a lot more weight, which is true. Um, yeah, I think it. Dana said we need to speak to Dustin Poirier and see what his future plans are, which. To me sounded like we need to ask Dustin if he's in it for fun fights or if he's in it for title fights. Because if yeah. he's in it for fun fights, we've got Nick Diaz and we've got Colby. Pick one. On the other hand, if you want these other fights, then Well, how does Makachev sound?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's I know what you're with. Easy. Yeah. I I don't know it. Why, if if you carry on fighting, I don't know why Dustin for issues you haven't already got the Nate fight locked up.
0: because well, the weird thing, Nate says he keeps asking the UFC for fights. I think the issue is Nate has one fight left in his deal. The UFC is saying, it, right? well, the UFC is saying, well, you know, we think you deserve to be paid a bit more. Sign this new deal with us for yeah. a couple more fights, and he's trying to say. He wants this fight. He'll do the fight for the UFC, and then he wants to be in control of his own future. And then he goes, yeah. When you look at the boxing and all of those, he could easily be a Jake Paul opponent.
3: Yes. no questions asked. Definitely feels like it.
0: Um, so it makes sense for him to not sign a new deal. Um, it's just what you do. What What did you think of Colby's call out from his side? Because the one journalist was effective. I think he did call it a bitch move, actually, which I thought. Blimey. I don't know if you're just a Masvidal fanboy or, or what you're doing, but
3: bold. Yeah, it's
0: if this wasn't too Corby, it was too Masvidal.
3: Okay, okay. Still though. Um tricky, isn't it? it when someone is theoretically in the weight class below you, it doesn't look good. I know. But Poirier obviously has fought at 170, so it's not the you know, it's not a huge disparity as you've touched on, it's not. You
0: made the case, you're, call, you're calling out NATO 170, what's the difference?
3: I, and Yeah, exactly, they both thought that, uh, and the other thing is, they have had this back and forth, so I didn't think too much of it anyway, to be honest, because they've had a back and forth, I just thought this was really just a continuation of it. Uh, and, from Colbert's point of view, what is probably the, via McGregor, it's probably the biggest name you can get, currently, at, that are available for him. If you consider you know Burns and Shumayev, not a fun night for anyone. Pro is makes some level of sense. Yeah, I I think I think he's whoever, goes, whoever right. goes running at Shumayev, it's a good look because they're treating him like he's the bogeyman. The and Burns if you then go, go by the
0: way.
3: Yeah, if you go, right, whenever if he wins that, I'm going for this guy, it's a cool look just because. You're seeing, you're visibly going. Yeah, I'm not worried about this guy. I'm sure no one is. In fact, I'm sure USC fighters will fight anyone. But it's just that no one is seemingly really too big on calling it. I think that's a probably a a, an interesting one for Colby, in that he'd be portrayed. I think in another, there'd be another angle to him again. That you've got the guy who's happy to try and be the villain, and now you're going. Well, listen, I'll. I don't care who I take on and I'll go for him so I think that's a one day is a good fight for him because I think you have a lot of people getting on boards within there kind of going you know what he, he can be the guy that stops this guy it's it's
0: interesting do I think they make the Dustin fight no I think they do make the Nate fight um, which is it's baffling to me if you're still not making McGregor against Diaz then I don't yeah. know what you're doing as a promoter. That's,
3: that's crazy well, um, they're making noise that McGregor will get Oliver, aren't they? I think yeah. they're, they're giving you enough warnings that yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, which is, I mean, the scary thing for me is I'm still not ruling out him winning that fight in my head, like oh, this is McGregor back
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you go, hey, listen, that big left hand band, which
0: doesn't seem as, as big anymore either, so it's, it's completely baffling. Um, I don't know. If we say the Colby fight makes sense next, if not, then it's the Chimayev Burns winner. Masvidal, is it as simple as you push for the McGregor fight? Um, I mean, the Wonderboy fight's there. I don't really think that's the money fight that you're looking for in no. the UFC or Masvidal's shoes.
3: Yeah, I really don't know what he can do. And obviously, he's going to have to do something because, like you said, the contract and to express that he's going to carry on. I've I've said before that I would have gone all out to make the McGregor fight. So I guess now that your options are more limited. Like, in theory, at least you should go even more out to get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think your options are limited? Like I said, even you,
0: can... you wait out the Leon Edwards fight. What well, if he beats um, Usman? Then you've got a storyline. If he loses, then you've got a storyline.
3: Yeah, yeah. As we've touched on, unfortunately, Leon isn't a huge sell um you've obviously do have the uh cp soda.
0: selfishly which... uh, there's still some fun fights at Welterweight well to wait to make just they aren't money fights because
3: no that, that's it isn't it
0: if yeah. i told you all right uh two months time they've just announced masvidal against kevin holland yeah 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 if i tell you two months down the line we get a masvidal against vicente Luque.
3: Yeah, like you
0: said, great fun. Jeff Neal. Ponza (laughs) Nibio.
3: Ponza Nibio, yeah, that would be definitely fun. The
0: the thing for Masvidal, and I do believe him when he says he'll fight who they put in front of him. There's a lot of young killers coming up where, when it gets to that third fight on your deal, I'd be wary of who they're putting in front of you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah, you're right.
0: Please. Do not waste him on a Balor Muhammad fight. Do oh not waste God, him no. on a Michael Chiesa fight.
3: No. Be yeah, that, that is the concern. That is the concern, isn't it? From his point of view, I don't think you want to be fodder for the the young guys coming through. But yeah, it no, probably think, seems like it, it could go that way though.
0: I think leaning into the. I'm thirty-seven years old and get matched up with those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's, 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 there's plenty of them. <laughs> the leech Li Jingliang, I'd be on board for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you would though, your boy.
0: I, I think there's enough of them for us to get excited about. Mars Vidali intimated that he'll have to get back in the gym and he said, if I'm not dominating in the gym... I don't need to be in the octagon to find out that I don't have it anymore. He said, I'll know without having to get in there.
3: Interested. It's quite honest.
0: Whether when that money is put in front of him, it's that simple.
3: Yeah. whether He, he's, he's he may find
0: that, that when he logs onto his social media this week, he might say, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I can settle for another one of these.
3: Yeah, I likely imagine so because you'll have enough people blowing smoke up your ass, um, telling you you're great that you can you can kind of write it out. Uh, also, the thing with you know that Colby being sort of labeled like a bitch or whatever is there still exists this kind of thing that if someone out wrestles you, they didn't really beat you, which is kind of stupid. I know, but they're kind of well, this wasn't really a fight. This was just a wrestling match, and he won the wrestling match. But I'm not a wrestler as as a fight. He didn't necessarily beat me, even though these are the rules you signed up to. You knew the score. Yeah, that's how people often sort of seem to portray it and perceive it. Uh, portray it and perceive it. That's not easy for I, me to say. Apparently,
0: I tweeted during the fight, uh, during the decision actually, and said, "Jorge is going to put a picture up of him rocking Colby, and say and try to go the Diaz route." He
1: actually hasn't, yeah. hasn't
0: really tried that, although I think he's trying to. He's going to like sell an NFT of Colby's face. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs>
3: yeah. It's not going to match the Marshall Rogan one. No,
0: if you go the other way, and I don't think Masvidal is huge for the weight. This is a guy I used to fight at lightweight. Yeah. There's some interesting fights if you did want to go up. I'm, I'm looking at someone like, dare I say, Paolo Costa.
3: Oh Christ alive! I just if, <laughs> we, if you, if we go for free teams, in charge, we? If you
0: Put me in charge of matchmaking. I can get your value for those Masvidal fights.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean that would that would gather more eyes than some of the ones we've just talked about. There, as fun as the matchups, like you said, we would find them. If you're looking to get cast a sort of wider audience, then yeah, yeah, as you said. I'd at the higher wave guys are probably have some more interesting matchups for him. You just kind of treat someone who's already moved up one, you don't tend, tend to treat them as they have to move up another one, do you?
0: Spurs are winning, by the way. Who scored? Um, do you know, it uh, looks like Ryan Sessignon. I, mean. um, I mean, if he thinks he can cut any weight, I mean, you've got Michael Chandler, Justin mm. Gatey,
3: Yeah. So Gaethje called in on Kobe as well, didn't he? Sounds about right.
0: But he has That's a fun. title fight lined up, so he probably Do doesn't need some? to... No, Cesson Yonta Kane. oh so, Yeah, there's enough there. Oh, no. Michael Keane on goal. I've got there eventually. <laughs> nice Michael folly, actually. Keane. <laughs> um, yeah, so there we go. I think that probably just about does us. Anything else you want to add?
3: No, I think we've covered all the essentials that we'll put in, We've got (laughs) it all covered. Yep.
0: So there we go. Thank you again for listening to another edition of Spitball and Pod. We will be back next week. Adios.